What's up, everyone out there? Welcome back to Daily Fantasy Sports Picks and Bets. It's The Mix, powered by Mayo Media Net here on YouTube and presented by Jock Market, the Daily Fantasy app where you get paid for being smart. Woohoo! Download that bad boy for free. Use the promo code MMN. They're going to match the first 100 bucks for free. If it's free, it's for me. And this is the show. If you haven't signed up yet to use that promo cash, we are going to get paid in the shade, laid like an egg. It's your host, the big dude with the big mouth for the big apple, big Johnny Stud back in the chair as always, baby. We are jacked up as always. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the audio only pod. I'm going to wait a minute to ask you for that cartoon finger because I'm about to earn it. I've been up before the crack of dawn to bring you this, the fastest show in NFL absolutely anywhere. And this weekend show is the craziest version of the craziest show absolutely anywhere, man. You take that bad boy to the bank and let's show them what we're talking about to the new listeners out there. Really do appreciate you. You know, the interactions and the feedback that I'm always kind of clamoring and begging for you know, I take my time to tr- to try and respond because it really does mean a lot to me. I wouldn't ask you for this stuff if it didn't mean a lot and then I wouldn't ask you for your time if I wasn't willing to kind of give you back some of mine, right? With this kind of symbiotic relationship that we have. All right, let's show off that brain power. It's the first pillar of profit. It's our blue chip stocks. We're using Run the Sims projection. Get with those men and women over there doing excellent work. These are the highest projected players at each position. Again, brought to you by Jock Market. We're going to be, you know, doing the Venn diagram, right? Where we're all exposed to all these different formats, different states have different rules, but I I like to think this show applies to everybody, but I always want to be pushing that jock market stuff because it's where the money is, right? Without these binary outcomes, all the things we talk about, let's get into it at the QB position. It's just, well, here's the first lesson right off the bat. Why is jock market so much better than conventional DFS? Because you can have a portfolio that is 100% comprised of awesome quarterbacks. Yes, how great is that? And of course, in conventional, you can only play one of them. And if you don't have the guy that goes for the ceiling, you're probably out, right? Like you're out, like you get zeros we're in jock market you can have if you have the nut hand depending what everybody costs and how you leverage yourself you may be in the black so let's do it it's josh allen against the browns at 24 hurts right behind him against the colts at 23 lamar right behind him at 22 and a half again we don't want to overreact to a single point especially for running qbs you know nine yards on the ground for these guys is nothing 20 yards or the air whatever it is so that's probably the big star today is you can get your hands on Allen, Hertz, and Jackson in jock market on a single ticket, right? On a single entry where they all kind of work together again, something that you can't say. Then it's Burrow and Fields, the other quarterbacks at 20. Again, Fields just busting up the slate. Atlanta's been really rough. Everyone is chasing. Eventually, that well is going to run dry, except they've really scheduled, right, their game planning around Fields. A few people picked up on that. I was writing about it early on. In the season, my speculator article at The Athletic, the design runs. Chicago was very open about, you know, imitation. Imitation being the sincerest form of flattery. Watching Lamar Jackson, watching Josh Allen have success and then mimicking those plays. All of a sudden, you get a dozen design runs every game and boom, you know, Justin Fields is ridiculous. Plus, he's a human highlight reel. He's the best athlete on the field. He's in I mean, he's in excellent runner for like a running back right so he'd be like an elite running back but he touches the ball every time gosh man this is crazy if the thing that i really liked is well we could talk about it later is um his props are so low for passing right expectedly but you get crazy odds and atlanta's pasty is 
really the worst part of that. So I always think Fields is going to get there, but will this be the week he doesn't? I don't know. Again, I like that in jock market, you could just get a piece. And if he goes off, that will help to float the portfolio. Whereas in conventional, if you don't have Fields and he goes off, you're out. You know, so it's pretty much that simple. Over to the running backs. Again, we don't overreact to single points. We do like to look at the tiering, right? The separation, the disparity between these players at the very, very, very top is Saquon Barkley at 23.7. And then down almost four entire points to Joe Mixon again. And it's not to say four points is like the end of the world. But you got to remember what these projections are trying to tell us, right? About this median outcome, right? This this average that they're expecting so to have an average nearly 25 percent higher right four points on 20 nearly 25 percent that's crazy right that's what we that's the thing that you have to just totally circle and i know barclay's projected ipo is in the double digits this might be one of the times it's worth getting it because of his usage in the pass game and the run game you know it's it's just everything you could want from Barkley, and they, they're just not afraid to go to him over and over and over again to seal the game. The Giants, one of these teams that have been okay abandoning parts of a balanced strategy. And that's something that we've seen in the NFL, one of these old schools, like, you have to run the ball. And I'm not saying I don't want you to run the ball. It'd probably be my first instinct. I'm a conservative kind of guy. But it's more about, the NFL is more about adapting to the change and maximizing with what you got while exposing the vulnerabilities of the defense rather than, I do this well, so I smash, smash, smash that idea, right, ramming your head into the concrete wall. Not always the best answer. I have some scores to prove that one. All right, so like I said, it's Mixon at 20, then Ramondre tied with Mixon at 20. Now, again, I must sound like a Jets homer. I'm short Stevenson. I was talking about that. Now, you can't short beforehand. You have to wait for it to open. So if you are late to like the IPO, maybe shorting is the thing for you. And you just kind of call BS. Listen, Ramondre, awesome. The workload for Ramondre, awesome, right? So this isn't really about disparaging the the you know disparaging the player or the man whatsoever. The Jets defense has just been ridiculous. Sixteen points a game, four point four yards per play. I think those are top three. It's just they've been they've been excellent. Top five in yards before contact prefer rush at one point four yards, meaning the Jets are getting to the running back as fast as anybody, allowing four point three six yards per running back carry. Those are the kind of things that you short for. The Jets defense has been awesome. The Patriots offense is kind of in disarray. Again, man, I must sound like a Jets homer. We gotta get me and Anderson together, right? Let's get the foam Jets helmets on and do this thing that we do. Me and you, the Cork Stats crew. But come on, if there was ever a time to believe in the Jets, it'd be right now because the defense is so very good and Ramondre is the only playmaker really on that team that'll scare you then it's to Kamara against the Rams the Saints have a few more injuries on the offensive line every time I seem to chase them I get stung but then you kind of wave your right hand in front of your nose and they end up being good the Saints do have talent the defense is also good the Rams offense is the single worst unit in the game I like to think right the Saints just got stymied by Pittsburgh whose front seven is a lot better than the Rams I know I know the Rams have the single best piece but outside of that, it's not it's not like it's been great for them, you know. And that's a fact. We got to be careful, kind of chasing right the name value Rams defense last four good against the rush, not great against the pass. But teams are kind of funneling that pass. I'm seeing it now. Twenty six completions per game. Sorry, yeah, twenty six completions a game, two fifty yards per game. That's against the Rams. the The total against the Rams 
for, for running that I was looking for has been low. So I don't want to misframe that, but the attempts are so, so very low. So when a team is only attempting 21 attempts per game over the last month, the totals, of course, are going to be low. Not the average has been great, but teams have been able to pick on the Rams past the um, to Kamara because jock market includes pass work. We've seen him get that. So I think that elite usage is going to return. And again, this I'm somebody that uh, touts usage, right? I think that's the one thing coaches can't hide from us is how they act in the field. But Kamara was just getting crazy workload, and then it kind of tailed off the last two. But again, it was Baltimore and Pittsburgh. I I, I don't know, man. I, I don't think... I, I think... I should say the Saints are going to try and stretch the Rams, and we'll see a lot of that quick outage to Kamara because of the weaknesses in the offensive line. I'm probably going to sum that up that is. Even if we don't have a staunch advantage there, I think the Saints are going to be using Kamara in the past game in a way that we've seen earlier in the month and not so much the last two days. And then it's over to Josh Jacobs against Denver. There's another short spot for me. Like You just don't play anybody against Denver that that defense is awesome. It's a shame how bad the offense has been, right? The defense has been awesome because I said that. The offense is so poor. It's really a disgrace. It's kind of a shame. Denver Bronco defense last four just tops across the board. How about this allowing 291 yards a game, 4.9 yards per play, 0.14 defensive EPA per snap. Those are all top three, allowing 22 yards per drive. Opponents only scoring on 27% of their drives. I mean, they are just killing it. And the pass defense is sick. These look like rushing allowed numbers. 154 pass yards a game. Just just crazy. Less than 10 yards per perception per reception. Those are all like top two, top three. Denver offense is really, really good. Plus up front. It's a shame that the offense hasn't been able to give the defense the ability to kind of pin their ears back. That's been the real shame. The Denver Bronco offense kind of stinking. So I guess in that case, you know, Jacob stays relevant, though he catches passes throughout. I'm just not really looking to test the defense. He's going to be very expensive, Jacobs, I mean, in jock market at least. Over the wide receivers, let's kind of blow through this. Diggs and Jefferson, the only players above 21. Amara, St. Brown, rounding out the only players above 20. And then that Devontae Adams to 16. I'd be short him against Sartain, who's just made mincemeat of everybody. I think Adams actually made... I think he had some grabs, but I don't think he did any kind of damage. That's been the real thing. I mean, Sartain has just been been ridiculous. Again, I mentioned those pass stats just off the wall. Yeah, uh, Adams did have a little bit of a game. Nine grabs to 101 is really good. I think they had to move him around to get there. I would be giving Denver again. It's not like, oh, well, he had 9 for 101, so you go get him again. I think we'll see the adjustment. However, whatever the Raiders did to get him open, I think you'll see the Broncos readjust. Remember, the Raiders now without Waller, without Renfro. Like, you could really, really dedicate yourself to covering Adams. And then again, it's, it's kind of funny. Not the site, right? It was just last week. Indianapolis, or it might have been the week before Jacksonville, regardless, he did all this crazy amount of work. I think it was the first one. I think it was Jacksonville. He had the 9 for 146 in the first half, but then got shut out in the second, and the point being, as good as Adams is, isn't really a knock, and we just know he's one of those players that can get to that $12, $13 spot in jock market. Really hard to get with a player there on a 200-player slate, only giving yourself a 2-1 to one potential return to be the top player at a 200. You'd be much better off at that point, playing like his prop 
all the way dialed up, right? Because if you're going to be the top player on a slate, it's going to take you 150, 160 yards. And if you bet the 150-yard prop, it's probably like plus 600, plus 700. So again, you know, never to mislead people, but always to think about the three pillars, right? Those things we're always talking about. Remember, any two points make a line. It's a third point in a line that validates. So I love to work in threes. The conventional play, jock market, and the prop market. So like when you have these hits... Just knowing the player is not enough, and that's what you get out there. A lot of this anodyne kind of veneer analysis out there. Of, you know, people just kind of reading projections and throwing them at you. Where I know this is a projection-based show, I think where's more about the application. And then it's the Pittman against Philly. The Philly defense, uh, yeah, we saw Washington kind of get it done against them a bit. But their pass defense is very good. Now, it, you're going to have to get to them on the ground, right? And that's what we saw Washington do. So I don't know if I'm going to really get there with the pass catchers. The pass defense for Philadelphia has been phenomenal. They're right there with Denver, 0.16 EPA per dropback on defense. Opponent passers have a 72 rating the last four games. There's that sub 10 yards per reception, 157 yards passing per game, three touchdowns to five interceptions. I mean, I don't know if we're going to get there. If I were going to go with a pass catcher, I'd probably be looking more for Paris Campbell, a guy I've been touting all season, is on all of my teams, and anybody following my spec article has been on him. When they make the move to Ryan, the Colts go into a full-out shotgun. Again, he's very slow, but the processor is very fast. So when the body is slow and the processor is fast, you move into the shotgun a lot to give him that extra clip to read. The D... Philadelphia D also strong up front. They get a lot of pressure, right? So they're top eight in pressure, 35%. Again, this is the last four games on middle of the pack blitz package. So the sack rate low because the blitz rate is low, but the pressure rate is high. So high pressure, old stone feet quarterback is slot receiver to me, right? So again, how we piece these things together and how I like to buck the projection sometimes. Lastly, to the tight ends, wrap it up with a big who cares. It's all about Mark Andrews. I don't know if he's going to play. You might see likely anyway. I think likely is viable regardless. I'm going to like him. Oh, likely. I'll likely. Oh, so terrible. Gosh, I wish I could go back and undo these bad dad joke puns. But we've been decorating for Christmas, so I'm like in like the total childish. I got the whim going on. You know what I'm saying? It's whimsical round here. So... It's Andrews against Carolina. Of course, he's the main weapon. The drop down to Hawkinson, who's been excellent. I mean, elite usage. And he's given, this is TJ Hawkinson, has given the Vikings a pathway to kind of a short intermediate pass catcher, which opens up the door for Jefferson to work further down the field. He's been a, a huge key to unlocking that offense and then Tyler Higby, which the projections love because they know he's just going to get ran. He's going to get force-fed the ball. This feels like a nine catch for 18 yards if there's such a thing. Um, just, just, just awful. I mean, the Rams are just awful. One of the worst, one of the worst things you've ever seen. But Stafford is back, so he's at least competent, but they have no one else to catch the ball. But that's what tight ends do. So, boom. That will do it. That's our blue chips. Again, I am just focused all over the quarterbacks. It give me all in jock market. It's a quarterback day. Go for Allen. Go for Hurts. Go for Jackson. Go for Fields. Let it run. Even Burrow, like the top five guys, and just let that run. Because, look, the projections are higher than across the board. You forget the tight ends. They're higher than all of the wide receivers, right? All five top projected QBs are higher than 
all but the top three projected wide receivers and all but the top three projected running backs. So there it is. Just get with the quarterbacks today. Oh, boom. Rate review and subscribe. We got the ball past the 50-yard line. Let's get it up into the red zone. But first, let me just catch a breath because, man, this analyzing ain't easy. All right, let's get it. It's the second pillar of profit here. Your penny stocks brought to you by Jock Market. Love that company. Download the app. Use the promo code MMN. Use the first hundred bucks because these are the days to do it. And the IPO show it again for the audio only listeners. Please hop over to YouTube. Go over to the Bird app. You can get me at John Legazo or the Mayo Media Net and check them out. We put these graphics out for you. So you could use it as a nice referral piece always good to have notes everything all in one spot and this doesn't really exist anywhere else no one else is doing the mesh of conventional with dfs and then we mesh it together let's go get it we got two qbs three running backs five wideouts and a tight end at the back end if you squint hard enough you might see a partridge in a pear tree it's kirk cousins at the very top against dallas projecting for 19.6.1 salary 317 course per point loving all that cousins looks like a play across the board single digit ownership the problem is in conventional dfs i think the day of the late qb the cheap qb has passed us because of the high rushing floors. I mean, these absurd rushing floors, right? But now we're talking about 100-yard bonus with mo- with multiple scores on the ground. So you're you're at your own risk with a m- immobile QB. So as much as I like Cousins, the $7 IPO, right, that last thing I wanted to get to, he checks it across the box, and now I'm like, ah, I got to pump the brakes because the if he gets to the 19, the IPO is viable at $7. He's worth a look. The ownership makes it worth a look as well. It is going to get you differentiation. But if I had to, I'd be going one step below. Again, our always, you know, ever-present lesson for this section is value is a rate stat. Just because it's cheap doesn't mean it's more value. Daniel Jones, a bit cheaper, 5.7 projected for 18, making it close enough to give them an identical cost per point. The ownership, one clip off, one bip off at 7 the IPO at 739. See, so if I had to pick, for me, the differentiator here is the similar IPO in jock market combined with Jones's rushing floor gives him the boost. Like, so that, again, it's just add him to the list also of it's today's, this is a running QB slate. And I think that ties into the X's and O's that we spoke about this year. Again, in short, the defenses with the inception of this. Too high shell, this too high man. Just think of it, it's like a prevent defense. People are just trying to paper over the fact they've moved to a, a prevent, right? So there's two guys protecting center field, right? So instead of center field, I'm sorry, guy in one, it's right center and left center, squeezing a little MLB reference there. You know, I missed my baseball. And that has really stunted deep passing. Teams, again, are going to be looking to adjust. I mentioned out at the Open, that's what defines winners in the NFL, players, gamblers, but also teams and the like. Who is going to adjust to that? And now we've seen, partly, if you have the weapons, you go to the shotgun, like I said, lots of slot reads. If not, you man up, go big, and run the ball until they have to give up on the too high, and then you're looking for play action. So there are different pathways to beat it. Again, Russian QBs are always going to have a bit of an answer to that. They solve everything, plays break down, bootlegs, and the like. So give me Jones if I had to pick a penny stock QB. Into the running backs, values is Ramondre, 
Joe Mixon and Saquon. Again, Saquon, the most expensive player on the board here, but he's one of the best values because of the ridiculous projection. He's only projected 14% ownership, so what you can get with that with the ceiling against one of the worst defenses in the league, you go get it. I mentioned the double-digit IPO. Which was going to be there. We're projected at 1050. It's really kind of tough. I think I would get with Barkley up to 12. So I think there is some room to profit there. Why Detroit defense is just atrocious. 400 yards per game on the nose. Last four games, 40 yards per drive, three and a half minutes per drive. Those are bottom two. 2.62 yards before contact per rush on defense. That's worst in the league, meaning Barkley's going to have a lot of room to operate. 5.17 running back yards per attempt allowed by the Lions. you got to get with Barkley today. I even think he's worth a sniff at the double-digit IPO. If the ownership stays at 14, you lock him in to DFS. To a, Joe, oh, I'm sorry, skipped over Joe Mixon. Again, opportunity is going to be there. I'm worried a bit about the Pittsburgh defense. They're extremely popular with T.J. Watt back, but the usage that Mixon has got has been downright elite. He was very disappointing around the goal line. These are not really the stuff. That's not the stuff I care about. And then he blew up for five touchdowns. But the, the, the workload, you know, is really good. And you're getting a reception floor from him that we hadn't always had. You know, he's it's three receptions, waking up with three receptions, off the bus with three receptions where you have a great pop at four. And then against Cleveland, he got up to seven in a loss. I don't know if Pittsburgh is going to get ahead. But Mixon is definitely viable I would rather go with him as the mid-price guy, pay up than get with Stevenson, though Stevenson has the better cost per point. I'm expecting a lower projection. Turning down the dials changes all the math, and that's why I like to give you all those things. Wrap it up with Stevenson, 650 IPO, Mixon, 733. Those are close enough. I'd rather get with Mixon because I think there's a chance where Ramondre just gets shut down. I know he catches balls, but, man, there really is a chance the Jets just sit all over the Patriots. Offense into the wide outs, Amonra, Garrett Wilson, Michael Pittman, Cortland Sutton, and Stephen Diggs. Let's see if we could do them in a bunch. Amonra, again, every week, I'm surprised that his salary is still as low as it is in DK. Seemed to be said for Jock Market. I think he's a pop. Whenever Goff is there now, he's just hyper-targeted when he's healthy. Giants defense is starting to, not say like fall apart, but where they were looking like super strong at first. Again, that's why I think you have to split these things. Giants past these, where you've been able to get at them. They're allowing 22 completions on 36 attempts. That's good for 262 per game, 12 and a half yards per reception. Those are all in the bottom five. They only have one interception in the last month. So I think, you know, Goff's been pretty efficient. I think he can get with Amon Ra. If his IPO stays below eight, you got to get with that. I certainly will. Garrett Wilson is one of my favorite plays on the board. The thing with the Jets and the reason I like him so much is as bad as Wilson has been, his splits are revolving around pressure. As good as the New England defense has been, they don't get a lot of pressure. I think the Jets run game and the way they style their pass game. I don't think they're going to score 35 points, but I do think it's going to be enough to get it done. Wilson should be at the center of it. He's, you know, again, it's very easy to look past players on bad teams, but his usage has been excellent, excellent, excellent as well. Um, last month and across the season, you know, he's running around in 94% of dropbacks, top target earner, 20 targets, 18 catches, 231 in the last four games, six receptions per game for 77. So he's always going to be projecting above his props and above all these things, 365 cost per point down at the sub 5,000 DK salary, get with Gallup Wilson for sure. $4 IPO, he's a smash in jock market as well. Michael Pittman, I'm having a bit of worries about. I mentioned it before at the open. If you skipped, shame on you. You can get it there. I 
am off of Pittman. I'd rather go with Campbell. And then if you start playing with those dials, like I mentioned, turn down Pittman's projection score at all, all these things get kind of out of whack because his ownership at 14 is a bit too high. $5 IPO is nice. I'd rather get with Campbell because it's going to be lower, and I think you could outscore him. I do like Cortland Sutton. Um, Hamler is out right They have nobody going. I don't think Judy's going to play. They're still hanging on saying he could play. I, I, I highly doubt he's going to play. If you want a Sutton prop, get on it before Judy's marked out. That's going to jump up four or five yards right off the bat. So I really like Sutton projected for 16 at 6,000. So compare him to Michael Pittman. Okay, Pittman, 16.2 to court, Sutton, 16. 6.1 to 6.0. Cost per point, 3.76 to 3.77. Dead nose. Ownership, 14 to 16. Jock market IPO, Pittman, 5.07. Sutton, 4.33. That 70 cents by percentage matters. And if you have a stance as disparate as I do, Sutton via Pittman, you scratch Pittman, get away from it altogether, especially. Why wouldn't you? go after the Vegas defense opposed to the Eagle defense. I think people are going to step on that rake. I get, we mentioned this a lot, people. I We're using projections. They're brilliant. But part of the usage is kind of my one of my favorite analysts, right? People often ask me who I listen to. I know it's probably standard because he's the GOAT, but um, Leviton is excellent at his... He's very eloquent and it's very stupid, right? The way he lays these things out and explains them. So, yeah, obviously, if you listen to me, I'm sure you're listening to him. Um, but yeah, strategy is always at the fore of these things and, you know, saving and being smart and making decisions strongly, right? Believing them, having conviction. And then it wraps up with Diggs, who that now should go absolutely bananas. I think these numbers may be a little bit off. I think the IPO is is off. The projected for 21.5 at 8.3 leaves you with 3.86. If you're higher than that because of the dome scenario... All those numbers get turned down, making Diggs the best value on the board. Right, straight up the best value on the board. If you if you turn up his projection at all, he is the best value. So don't be scared off of getting with Diggs at a 12% ownership is fine. It's, that's excellent. 784 IPO is where I think this will change. I think he's going to end up in the double-digit range on the fast track against the Cleveland defense. That struggle. And then wrap it up with tight ends. We mentioned Tyler Higby. who's just going to get peppered. And they're going to be low-quality and he's going to catch them, and he's going to fall down, and he's going to do that all game, right? And that's going to be it, and he's going to be totally chalky and, like, totally overowned, and that'll be what it is. But for, you know, a tight end, he's, he just gets volume, you know, and that's that's it. But I, I wish, man, I was a big A-Rob guy, and I wish this should be, right? That was also the thought of drafting A-Rob Alan Robinson was, wow, if Cooper Cup goes down and he's already rolling, he's going to step into this ridiculous role. Cooper Cup out, and here we are touting Tyler Higby. So I'd really just rather leave it. If his IPO stands at 333, I think you can get with it. I'd probably rather not pay the 4K salary. I do have one sneaky, sneaky, sneaky name if you're really, really digging deep. It's Tyree Jackson. I wrote about him at The Athletic. The Phillies, the Phillies, the Eagles need a tight end with Goddard down. This guy is a massive mountain of a gargantuan among behemoths. I mean, he's like six, seven and a half or six, eight, like 250. Guy is ginormous. And last year with Goddard out, Jackson, who struggled with injuries, he's off the pup list for this game. Right? So people are chasing Calcaterra. You've heard that name. We're not. We're gonna if we're going that route, you heard it here first. Get ready to clip this one on Tuesday when we have the top sleeper hit. You know, Jackson. 
led the tight end room in routes and targets and catches. Though it wasn't a ton of volume. I think it was 322, but it did score a touchdown. So everyone keep your eye on Tyree Jackson tight end for the Eagles. That's where I'd go in conventional DFS and of course in Jock Market he's gonna be able to get five cent play. So if you those are the kind of guys, no sounds stupid. Use the promo code MMN, get the hundred bucks and play Tyree Jackson. And even if you play a few bucks, like there's a chance that he but quintuples up or quadruples up, you know, or more because of the tiny um, IPO, which opens up the door for the big ROI. So boom, there's a lesson for you. Please, please, please press the like button. Struggling with my R's and my L's. I'm coming off some sickness. Um, yeah, because I feel like I bring the smoke, right? So the show is free. And if it's free, if it's it's for me, right? So if it's if this is uh, for you and you like the show and you like to keep it going, just press the cartoon finger, stick your cartoon finger up inside me. Man, that stuff matters more than it should. All right, show's getting off the rails, which is always a bit of a good thing. I got to hurry up because we're up against it with time. But let's wrap it up with a quick prop as we get up into the goal line scenario i'm gonna punch this rock in because i got a new touchdown dance but first let me scratch my nose <laughs> all right let's wrap this up for the audio only listeners i won't leave you in suspense very long it's your week 11 main slate props brought to you by jock Parker. now i have been on the chiller of chillers the chiller the tutti chillers on prop plays, you know, injury Malloy has been chasing me. These things happen. Why risk management? So important. I missed any um, Thursday night game. We had Lazard, uh, 60 yards. And like plus 160, he gets 11 targets, 160 air yards, and falls short at 57. And like them, this is the breaks, right? So rather than me cost you any more of your money, let's leave it up to the smart people that run The Sims to tell us where to bet. I found the largest disparities in projections and props, right? So again, nobody's really doing this kind of work out in the open for free, and that's what we're doing, you know? So you want to have to tip Patty Mayo. He really is the GOAT. As good of a guy as he is a businessman, he is the coolest dude and just the straightest arrow, and I, I really respect that, you know? And he's allowed right, for us to kind of myself and the producers to bring you this you know kind of unusual style this weird presentation i do where i'm screaming and you know <laughs> rambling but tying in all these different points as we cover the venn diagram the prop playing the conventional dfs the jock market play because i think it's understanding how to how to adapt to the new formats is the pathway to profitability you know, no understanding where DFS fits in, the all or none. I like winner take walls. All right, I said I wasn't going to rant, but I did anyway. So it's Nick Chubb over 73 and a half yards. He's projected for 88. I mean, 15 yard disparity on the fast track. The assumption is that the Browns going to be looking to establish the run against the Bills. I think they will. We know Chubb's a pop for a home run every time. We have seen them get away from him at times, though. So I don't, it's weird too because it hasn't been a Kareem Hunt thing. Kareem's Hunt usage is just driving people crazy. He's had, you know, seven touches or less, three of the last four games. The thing with Chubb, again, they'll just get away from it, right? We've, we've just seen it happen a few times against New England, 12 for 56, against Miami, 11 for 63. Again, not like these things are terrible because he generally ends up in the end zone, but 15 yard disparity definitely worth looking at miles sanders is the next one this is the largest one on the board sanders prop is set at 59 and a half he's projected for 80 i mean i don't know how you get away from that man 21 and a half yards uh, you know philadelphia's used him i guess the market's fear is 
the Hurts running, but the Hurts running has not been as prolific as you think. All right, so nine attempts in two of the last four. One of them had six. He's topped out at 28 yards. Like, Sanders is... Sanders is the low, you know, 17 for 93, then dropped to 12 for 54, before that, 9 for 78, 18 for 71. I mean, he's getting a load. Again, projections are what they are. You know, I don't do them. I don't want to mess with them. That's what this is, right? So these are heavy leans, heavy projection-based leans, let's call them, because I, I don't know if I'd have Sanders at that, the prop that low. Maybe it's something the books know that I don't. But then with two, Cortland, Cortland Sutton, his prop is set at 61 and a half receiving yards. He's projected for 72. We've noticed this. People have uh, mentioned part of what's made DK so hard this season has been how tight the receiving pricing has been. We've seen that translate into the prop market. And the projections are tuning down, right, as more and more people get smoked chasing overs. It's more been one pass catcher in a game going way over and not like because of the passing is down, right? I mentioned the two high shells. You're not getting the deep balls like you were. People having to work under and you're getting the underneath guy racking up compiling stats. The thing with Sutton is he's the everybody. There's nobody there. It's Sutton and Dulcich and that's about it. So the 11 yard you know, difference one of the biggest ones and then let's wrap it up with the biggest one Michael Pittman again. I know I'm in, I'm I'm off it. I'm off it. I still think he might hit 60. Michael Pittman. The prop line is set at 59 and a half, projected for 77 yards. That was easily the biggest disparity on the board. So again, if you want to buck me, I have not done well. Though I'm red on the season for props. Because of the way I bet, I mean, this is what I do. This is why people, this is why I think I'm worth a paying for follow. Like, even though Patreon's free, I mean, everything's free. I don't care about it. Like, ju- I try and justify premium with my own free content. Because I think the lessons are there, right? Anybody, anybody can pick, hit picks over a small sample. But I think it's the ability to stay in the arena all the time, like I have, you know, that matters. Show me how to drop these tickets. And to that Last point, let's just wrap it up and then I'll go full screen, get out of here with my favorite lesson. Remember, Chubb over 74, Chubb at 74, over 74, Sanders over 60, Sutton 62, and Pittman 60. All with double digit disparities. Chubb, Miles Sanders, Sutton, and Pittman. Hey, maybe roll out a parlay, maybe roll out a three of four. Let's wrap it up with my favorite lesson up against the time. But it's this. I mentioned players, when they go over props, they generally go way over props. I also mentioned being on a chiller. I also mentioned being sustainable. How do you mesh all those things together? I believe in the prop market. The key to edge is using alt plays because the odds are not in line with the odds of it happening. Most people just look at the regular prop. Taking minus 112, minus 120. Now, some of these standard, quote-unquote, get up to minus 125. Now, once you get to minus 125, you have to hit way more than 50% of your bets. It's hard to do that. If you take the same players, go to the next level, all prop, my contention is, given the increase in odds, the amount of times you miss getting middled, right, Hitting the standard but not hitting the alt does not make up for the giant jump in odds. So, 
Now, again, if you wanted a round robin of parlay, you parlay the tighter props. But this is for more single serious players. If you take those same four players and go up to the alt prop, they'll all be in the plus odds. You only need to hit half your bets, man. <laughs> and yeah, it did really well. Again, that's a funny part. Hit half your bets and you do really well. It's not like, oh man, if you hit half, you break even. Get out of here with your, you know, arse intact. No, you hit half your bets, you did awesome by ROI, by percentage gains. And if you hit three, you did great. If you hit four, you smashed them. Opposed to, if you played standard, you hit two, you're a loser. Opposed to being a nice winner, right? You need three to be a winner. So if you're going to play standard props in sets of four, shouldn't you play them in a round robin three or four? And I know I have very smart people push back. No, you need to play straight because you can... Uh, you know, this is where I... This is another episode from the day. Where This is where I, I buck the more established betting community where we are not in line is this ability to determine the better odds. Like, oh, well, I've determined that this has a 65% chance. No, it doesn't. I No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. I just don't think it does. I think everything is pretty much 50-50. Once the game starts, it's pretty much 50-50. And, you know, whatever, that's that's served me well. But, again, maybe it's not for everybody. I just don't like paying juice. I'm really cheap. And I found hitting 50% of my bets and making money is right where I want to be. Let's leave it right there, everybody. That will do it from here. Us here at the Mayo Media Net, please rate, review, and subscribe to the audio-only pod. Download the Jock Market app using the promo code MMN. That first 100 bucks is more than enough damage. You know, go back to the penny stock stuff. If you're getting players... Two bucks, three bucks. Remember, you do get a dollar back on every single share. That $100 is not just like, oh, man, I'm going to get one shot and have to make it work, and then you're using your own money. You don't have to use your own money. Use their money, okay? this is That's my advice to you. Learn how to make money with other people's money. This is a way to do that, and I'll walk you right through it. You know, I've had the sharper uh, followers, you know, ask the questions, and I'll put it out there, or I get to people... And I'll show you my tickets and how I build them and stuff like that. This Sunday, I'm not on the athletic q and I'll be around all Sunday morning in the war room at the desk answering your questions. So hit me up. Tag Patty Mayo on Twitter. Let them know how good of a job we're doing. Rate, review, and subscribe. Get up in the comments. And man, whoo, that was absolutely awesome, wasn't it? All right, I'll catch you on the flip side. Remember, when you work this hard, I mean, when you are really, really at the grindstone, it feels a lot less like clock you. Peace.